Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The hold, the kick, the win for the Giants. And Tommy DeVito. Big time win last night on Monday Night Football. The New York Giants take down the Packers 24-22 thanks to a game-winning drive from the man that we now know as Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito. He is now winners of three in a row for the New York Giants. And if you couldn't tell by now in the show, Kevin is not here today. He is off. He's going to be back tomorrow. So your boy D-Day... Denton Day is in for Kevin. I got my man Toby riding shotgun. We got you for three hours here. It's going to be a fun show. We got a lot to get into, specifically in our local market. Big story dropped yesterday. We will get into that. Talk a little bit of Shohei Otani as well at the top of the hour with Danny Wexelman. Check out the Twitter page at Team980 for our poll question of the day. But we're starting with Monday Night Football last night. This was a big win for the Giants, but it was a very big day for our team more on that in a second toby you were watching this game though the giants winners over the green bay packers i'm starting to think and maybe i'm getting a little crazy here maybe i am a little over my skis if you will i'm starting to think this tommy devito kid might have a little uh a little something something it sure seems like it doesn't it i'm kind of sick of it already like i don't I don't need to see the gabagool. I don't need to see any more of that. But at the same point, they're winning some football games. He's got the moxie. I mean, I think Grant brought up a really good point. He reminds you of Heineke, how he was here, right? Kind of like a folk hero. He's not great at quarterback, but somehow you win football games with him. It seems like that's what they got going on right now in New York. I'm done with it, but, I mean, hey, man, you just paid Daniel Jones, so... There's no chance they're moving on from that for Tommy DeVito, but at the same point, you're getting results with DeVito. I am very much in favor of the Gabagool. I think it's hilarious. The constant, I'm guessing that's what the hand gesture is called now. I have no idea what the actual name is. There's an emoji for it. The emoji came before Tommy DeVito started playing football for the Giants, just so everybody knows that. It's not like he made his own emoji, but there is a Gabagool emoji. Did you see? Did you see his agent? Yesterday, this agent is the most Italian-looking dude that you are going to find in the National Football. I thought Tommy DeVito was the patriarch for Italians in this league. And then seeing this agent, my man was in all black. He had a nice black sport coat. He had the turtleneck, which actually was kind of rare. I would have expected maybe a a button-down shirt, low button, some taco meat showing. He got a gold chain showing. But he went with the turtleneck, and it looks like this dude sweats marinara sauce. He is so Italian. 
I have never seen anything like it. The agent's kissing Tommy DeVito's dad in the stands. Tommy DeVito's dad is kissing the agent back. This was a whole Italian party. This is the Giants version. Maybe a little watered down, but it's the Giants version of what the Knicks had over a decade ago, which makes me feel old, but it is their Linsanity. Because Tommy DeVito, like you mentioned Taylor Heineke, which I think is a very interesting parallel and good comparison, specifically for the decision that New York is ultimately going to have to make, which our franchise made last season with Heineke and Carson Wentz. But it's like Tommy DeVito has taken the folklore of Taylor Heineke that we had last year and ratcheted up about 10 more notches and taking it way more national because everybody seems to be all in on Tommy DeVito. Whereas I think last year people really enjoyed the, the bit that Taylor Heineke did with the sneakers where he'd beat a team. Oh, look at me. I have these new Jordans that represent the colors of the team we just beat. And I'm a sneakerhead, So I liked what he was doing there, but this Tommy DeVito, this thing is ratcheted up, man. This is Linsanity in the NFL. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And honestly, it's gotten to a point where doesn't it seem like this was scripted? It seems like this was written. I mean, this was one of those things like if you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, they're trying too hard, right? You see the agent roll down, like looking like that. You're like, they're trying too hard to push this Italian thing. And yet it's real life. It's absolutely incredible to see. I, again, if it were another team, maybe I'd be fully on board, but it's the New York Giants. So I'm kind of sick of it. But at the same point, yeah, I mean, they're winning football games and they're going to have to make a decision. But I mean, this goes back to even the fact that Washington had offered Tommy DeVito to come here, and he ultimately decided to go to New York because he felt like it was a better situation. So He, he didn't have to pay rent if he stayed in New yeah, York, so, staying with his parents. I can't blame him. No, I don't blame him one bit. So it's it's really crazy, and it's one of those things where if it were another team, I'd be on board, but I just kind of want it to end. But they're winning football games, so how can you get frustrated? It'd be one thing if they're overblowing it and, you know, he's – it's not like he's statistically great, but they're winning football games. It'd be one thing, you know, if he's out there only throwing for a buck fifty like he was last night and not winning football games, but they're winning. So I mean, that's that's what makes it the Taylor Heineke effect. Yeah, he's not blowing the doors off the way that we have seen a couple of young quarterbacks, mainly C.J. Stroud, blow the doors off of opposing defenses. But the way they won last night, uh, Toby, I thought was it kind of added to it because they should not have. They should not have even been close in this. Saquon Barkley fumbles with under four minutes to go after he just has a monumental run. I mean, he breaks free. He gets to the second level of the defense. He's tripped up. He fumbles the football. Now, I guess I'm in the dark on this one. I was under the impression that the ground cannot cause a fumble. If when did the NFL get rid of that rule? Well, okay, so he's not tackled. He just tripped on his own feet. So in that case, he can cause a fumble. Correct. You'd have to be touched on the ground. Because he tripped stumbled a little bit, looked like he regained himself, fell, balls loose, fumble. Green Bay picks it up. They march right down the field, and Jordan Love leads them to a touchdown to go up 22-21. And then you get Tommy DeVito back on the field. And this is it, it adds to the the legend of this kid. He has a minute and 38 or 33 seconds, so just under 90 seconds to march down and to get a field goal, and he, he does. He does just that. It was at first the... The throws were, you know, kind of dink and dunk. Like, we're just going to get a couple yards, keep the ball moving, get a couple yards here. And then he finds Wandale Robinson, who has a great release, man coverage, goes inside, breaks it back outside. DeVito finds him. It's 34 yards down the field. And all of a sudden, 
what felt like this monumental pressure of we have to get in field goal range, we have to get in field goal range. With 40 seconds, you're like, all right, bet, we're in field goal range. And now we just need to get in a a position where our kicker, who had already missed one earlier in the night, we just got to get in a position where he can split the uprights here. We can go home and we can all enjoy some of uh, Mrs. DeVito's chicken parm sandwiches in the locker room after this one. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it'd be one thing if DeVito had his stat line last night, which isn't all that eye-popping, but he didn't have any highlight throws, but I think he had a couple of them. The Wandale Robinson one on that final drive was really good, and that touchdown to Isaiah Hodgins was top-tier NFL quarterback-type stuff. So he's showing flashes, and just to have the moxie that he did on that final drive – I mean, I think that's more so the first couple of completions on Joe Barry and NFL defenses hating to get beat over the top, and so they continue to allow this dink and dunk stuff. But then they get to a spot where they just need 15 more yards and they pick up 30, right? So, I mean, it's a credit to him. He's shown that as he's grown into it, I mean, he looks like a totally different quarterback at this point than what Washington lost to just a couple of weeks ago because he didn't get sacked once. Washington sacked this guy nine times. Last night, he didn't get sacked once. So, I mean, it's a crazy story, and it keeps getting better if you're a Giants fan. Yeah, Washington was the get-right game for Tommy DeVito. By the way, after Green Bay scores, New York marches down the field. Randy Bullock splits it. You heard that as we opened. New York wins. By the way, Randy Bullock was 7 of 13 on lead-changing kicks in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter or in overtime. That feels like a terrible percentage for a professional kicker. Like, if you're in college, maybe in a a group of five, you can kind of get away with that. But that's just over 50% on the most important part of your job. That, to me, was a crazy number. He's now 8 of 14, so I guess he's a little bit better. But still not that much better. He's missed a ton when the game is on the line. But they they win this one. Washington was a get-right game for Tommy DeVito. He balls out against this defense, which we know this defense, terrible. We are waiting for the season to end. Just ask Montez Sweat. You'll hear that later. He plays well against New England. New England, a much better defense than what we have by just about every single metric and every single eye test that you will ever uh, perform in your life. But this is a different win. This is a primetime win. This is against a team in Green Bay that's fighting for playoff positioning. And as crazy as it sounds, because I don't look at New York right now as a great team. I certainly don't. But they're 5-8 and eight in a bad NFC. They're in the mix for the postseason. It, they're far down in the mix. Like, really, really far down. But they're just as in the mix as Chicago, who has become one of the more exciting teams in the NFC to watch. It's very weird how some of these things, these late-game win streaks, really sneak up on you a bit. And now New York could be fighting for a playoff spot the final few weeks of the season with... Tommy DeVito, which would in turn lead to a decision that would have to be made if Daniel Jones is healthy that the commanders made last year when Carson Wentz was healthy with the Cleveland Browns game. But we're not going to get into the Cleveland stuff. We don't need to relive those memories. Not today, at least. No, I I think it's interesting because the Packers were going into this game as the talk of the league in a lot of ways because they'd started to get things turned around. They're one of the youngest teams in the league, if not the youngest team, especially on offense, they're the youngest offense. So it looked like they were getting things figured out, and people were talking about, well, people don't want to play the Packers in the playoffs, right? Even even if you're the Niners or even if you're the Cowboys or the Eagles, you don't want to face the Packers because it looks like they're getting things going in the right direction. And I felt like 
this was a big test for Matt LaFleur as a head coach. A long time he's had Aaron Rodgers. Now he's got a young team. He's got his own team, really, so to speak, because he's having to lead this whole thing. And now you've got young guys that you've started to get going in the right direction. And now you kind of get into these games where it's easy to overlook, right? If you looked at their schedule after they beat the Chiefs, you're like, they should probably win all of these games, or they at least could win all of these games. They go into last night favored almost by a touchdown, right? Five and a half points. So they're they're in a decent spot, and yet they came out flat all game long, and it's a credit to the Giants. They muddied up the game, and the Giants came out and ended up winning the thing. But I think this is more of an indictment on the Packers, honestly, because it feels like they just didn't come out ready to go. And again, you have to credit the Giants because, you know, Washington has given up, it seemed like, and the Giants were in really the same spot, and yet they've they just rattled win. off a three-game win streak. They just It feels like they're accidentally winning games sometimes. But you mentioned not, be, not coming prepared if you are the Green Bay Packers. DeVito, when he played the Commanders, sacked nine times. DeVito, when he played the Patriots, sacked six times. Last night, you mentioned zero times. How do you not sack a guy that has the issues of taking too many sacks? Could you imagine what would happen in our market if Sam Howell doesn't get sacked for a game? Like, just imagine what Monday would look like. I don't care what the score would be. The score would be irrelevant at that point because this this final portion of the season for the Commanders is all about Sam Howell and being able to evaluate whether or not he is going to be the guy of this franchise moving forward, the one issue that we have talked about to no end, I mean, we have beaten this dead horse. It's like 12 feet under the ground at this point is that the guy takes too many sacks. If he came in and took zero sacks in a football game, we would be partying from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. when the Craig Hoffman show ends on this station. It would be unbearable how excited we would be if Sam Howell's upright the entire game the way that DeVito was last night. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is something where he was worse than Sam Howell. I mean, Sam Howell's been bad at sacks all year long, but, you know, 15 in two games like DeVito. I mean, maybe we've seen something like that from Howell, but we've seen some growth, but we haven't seen that sort of thing. So, again, I feel like this was more of an indictment on Green Bay than it was a great win by the New York Giants, and maybe it's, you know, bias in that, that I just don't like the Giants, and I don't <laughs> want to give them the credit. But Which is fine. I'm I mean, okay with that. They went out there and played their butts off, and they were ready to roll. So at the same point, you know, we'll play the Montez Sweat audio a little bit later, but, I mean, Washington seems like they mailed it in a while ago, and the Giants could have been in the same spot, and it's a credit to Dable and his staff. Those guys are still fighting, and they're winning football games, and Look, they, they might get a playoff spot if everything goes right. They probably won't. But it's a credit to those guys to continue to fight like they have because you're professionals, you're paid to do it, keep playing, and they are. So there's another game last night, and to break that game down, we will hit a what do you got? ESPN ran a double of football games last night. I refuse to call it a doubleheader because a doubleheader is not two games being played simultaneously. I might be the only one that that irks, but that is fine. It's a hill I will die on. There were two Monday night football games last night. Titans-Dolphins, the other one. Tennessee makes a massive comeback in the fourth quarter. At one point, down 27-13. to 13. They win the game 28-27. to 27. This comes after the Miami Dolphins last week. If Mike McDaniel wasn't a nice human being, the Dolphins hang 60 on the head of the Commanders. 
There was no stopping Tyreek Hill. All you had to do is tell that dude, run straight. We will throw the ball to you because the commanders are playing man coverage, and we know that is theft. If you don't believe me, they said that in Hard Knocks last week. Go back and rewatch the episode. So the Dolphins that could have scored 60 points on the head of the commanders last night scored just 27 against Tennessee, blow a lead in the fourth quarter, lose the game. Why do you care? Why do we care? Because it helps our franchise. Entering this week, a week that the Commanders had a bye week on, there were four teams that had four wins, jockeying for draft position. The Commanders, of course, are one of them sitting at four and nine. After the week is now over, the Commanders are the lone team in the NFL with four wins. The Bears pick up a win. The Giants pick up a win, and last night the Tennessee Titans picked up a win, which means if the NFL draft was to take place right this very instant, the Commanders are sitting with the fourth overall pick. We've debated at length throughout the course of the last couple of weeks on what would you do if you were the Commanders sitting high enough to go get a quarterback. Have you seen enough from Sam Howell? Do you want to maybe take a stab at a guy like Jaden Daniels, who won the Heisman Trophy over the weekend? Maybe you love Drake May, who just announced that he's declared for the NFL draft. It would be nice to get Caleb Williams here, bring the hometown kid back home. A lot of different options you could do, and being fourth overall in the NFL draft is a very nice position to be in. Hell, maybe you love Sam Howell. You don't like any of those quarterbacks. You want to trade back. The fourth overall pick's a much better pick to trade back from than potentially a seventh or an eighth if a team needs a quarterback. So in spite of the fact that the Commanders did not play this weekend, this is one of the best weeks of their season because they benefited heavily from everything that went on in the league around them while they were maybe vacationing. I don't know what you do on a bye week in the NFL, especially if your team's 4-9. or nine. Maybe don't watch your guys on vacation. Whatever they were doing this week, though, they benefited from this heavily thanks to a massive comeback last night. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's an intriguing prospect of what could happen in the draft. And if you think about it, there's a real possibility that the Bears maybe go quarterback, the Patriots are probably going to go quarterback. What if the Cardinals go tackle? Someone would trade up to number four from Marvin Harrison Jr., And if that's the case, then, yeah, you can trade back because you're probably sticking with Sam Howell at that point. So I think that there's a lot of things on the table. And, again, I think this is why this job is enticing. They're going to have a top-five pick in the draft. They have a quarterback who, at worst, he can be your starter next year, right? I mean, I think we all agree that whether you like Sam Howell or not, he's a starting-caliber NFL QB. So he can be your guy next year, at worst, if you wanted to do that. So whatever GM comes in here, he's going to have a decision to make a quarterback, and then he's going to have – some draft ammo with the top five pick, an extra second, an extra third. So it's an intriguing job, and I'm interested to see what ends up happening in the offseason. But, I mean, great stuff this week for the Commanders on a bye week. They didn't lose this week because they were on bye, and then they won because all the other teams won as well. So that's a heck of a win for the Commanders. It is perfection, maybe one of the best weeks in the Ron Rivera era. Tongue placed firmly in cheek, but tell me what I'm telling lies. And the reality is there is not a lie spoken in that last sentence. All right, we got a lot more to get into. We're going to talk the the Shohei Otani deal and the news that came down from that deal yesterday at the top of the hour with Danny Wexelman at MLB Network Radio. But coming up next, a story broke yesterday about the Caps and Wizards potentially moving to Alexandria. Coming up, I'll tell you who benefits the most from that move becoming a reality. Kevin Sheehan Show. No, Kevin. You got D-Day and Toby with you here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show. Kevin is out. Denton Day, Toby Altsizer, we are in. Big news yesterday. It was reported first by the Washington Post and Sam Fortier that Ted Leonsis and Monumental looking to get out of D.C., out of Capital One Arena, and move into Potomac Yard in Alexandria. After that news was reported on, a couple of hours later, Scott Abraham of Channel 7 said that the initial vote had been approved. Now, that doesn't mean anything too massive yet. It just means that the process of making this a reality is moving along but there is nobody happier when this news broke than washington commander's owner josh harris it's the holiday season i like holiday movies i was watching the grinch over the weekend i watched the new animated version because i like the new animated version not a jim carrey guy but i love more than anything the og version and maybe the most memorable part of the og version if you were at least on social media is that grinch grin where he smirks from literally ear to ear. And that's the only image that I could picture in my head while thinking of Josh Harris yesterday when this news broke. Ted Leonsis taking the Caps and the Wizards out of D.C. means without a shadow of a doubt, the commanders get RFK. Because if you are this city, the city that we all know and love very well, If you are this city, you cannot let the Nationals be the only big four. Basketball, hockey, football, baseball. You cannot let the Nationals be the only big four team that is representing your city. Before you come at me on social media, yes, I know DC United is here. Yes, I know the Mystics are here as well. But of the big four sports, the Nationals would be the only DC team in DC that are actually here. If this happens, Toby, there is no doubt 
they allow RFK to be used for the Commander's Stadium, and Josh Harris jumps all over that. And in fact, that's the focal point of our poll question today. We're going to open up phone lines as well at 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980 to jump in here. But the poll question on our Twitter, at the Team 980 are you okay with the Wizards and Capitals leaving D.C. if it means the Commanders get a new stadium at RFK? Now, in a perfect world, I want all of the teams that carry D.C. in their name to be playing in the city. That, to me, just makes the most sense. But I understand from an economic standpoint and just from a personal standpoint why Ted Leonsis would look at the current situation of the Caps and Wizards and think, this is not happening. We got to get out of here. We have, We all are very much aware of some of the negative things about living in this city. It's impossible to do anything without being reminded of the uptick in crime around our city. It's unfortunate. It sucks. It's like the white elephant. But we have a, a kitchen in our studios here, and your boy's a big breakfast sandwich guy, so I'm in the kitchen uh, pretty often cooking up a breakfast sandwich. And there's two televisions in there, and they're always on the news. I don't watch the news because I'm 28 years old. We just don't watch the news. But when I go into the kitchen, the news is on. Every single time I walk in there, it's a negative story. It's a carjacking. It's kids getting murdered. It's any negative thing that you can think of is happening in this city. If I'm Ted Leonsis trying to build and maintain a brand, build a lot of money, and make the Caps and the Wizards a a family event, which credit to him, I'm not going to give uh, the Leonsis family a ton of credit on a lot of things, but credit to them in the fact that they are trying to make the Wizards and the Capitals a more family-oriented experience. It's really tough to do that in the heart of downtown because when you're leaving some of those games late at night, it's really tough to maneuver around the city with kids unless you're driving, and driving is an absolute hassle to get out of there. So he's keyed in on the Potomac Yards section of Alexandria, which if you remember, this goes way back to the 90s, the then Redskins looked at putting their stadium in Alexandria. This is a long, long time ago. In fact, this is before uh, I was uh, really around to comprehend things. I was born at the time, but I was like two years old at the time these conversations were happening. Obviously, the stadium went to, to Landover and has become FedEx Field because the governor then of Alexandria, the mayor, decided they did not want the stadium in D.C. Well, now Ted Leonsis is trying to put it in Potomac Yards. And I've been to Potomac Yards. Toby, I don't know if you've been out there, but I've been to Potomac Yards. Um, I'm actually there pretty frequently. In Potomac Yards, there's a very nice shopping center. There's some restaurants. There's like a Cava, a Dunkin' Donuts. I think a Chipotle is around there. There's a Five Guys in there somewhere. There's a Target with a Starbucks inside of the Target. There's a TJ Maxx and a Home Goods. There's a Michael's. It's like white woman heaven, which is why me and my girlfriend are there way more frequently than we should. But I've been driving around that area for the better part of roughly two years now. I have never looked at that area and said a stadium a stadium fits here. Like there, there is room for a stadium to be right here. And I've read up on all the things. I know where it would be. Like I, The Washington Post article put a picture of where it would be. And it's right by the Target and the Michaels and all of these things. 
there's not room for a massive stadium. Now, personally, I like smaller stadiums. I think if you have a really raucous fan base, it's a lot easier to impact games in a smaller stadium. I think the bigger the stadium is, like, yes, it can be a spectacle. And if you're a money-making machine the way that Ted Leonsis is attempting to be, you want the bigger stadium because you can host more events. But the funny thing is, he's not owning the stadium if they move. Right now, technically, Ted Leonsis does own Cap One Arena. Now, there's some weird interest and mortgages that you got to pay. And if you know anything about real estate in a big city, specifically this city, you're getting the raw end of the deal if you're Ted Leonsis on paying for the stadium at, at the moment with all those, those, those things that I just mentioned. If they move to Alexandria, they're signing a 40-year lease, according to at least some of the reporting that we have seen, which means they're not owning it. It is a bit of a weird move for a billionaire who currently owns land to give up the main focal point of that land. I don't know what would happen with Capital One Arena. I assume somebody would come up and and buy it so you can still host concerts there and comedy specials and any other sort of shows that make their way uh, across our city. I assume somebody would buy it, but it is very odd to me that they'd be willing to leave land that they own to then sign a lease somewhere else with land that they do not own. The thing that makes billionaires billionaires is the fact that they just about own everything they can get their hands on. So that I find to be a little strange, but I just don't really see how it fits in the position that they are trying to make it fit. I understand there is a metro station there. That is not a be-all, end-all when it comes to positioning a stadium in a new spot. You don't see, oh, metro station, stadium can go there. You got to have other infrastructure around it. I don't know how Maryland people would feel about this one, and I am very curious for our Maryland listeners to weigh in on this one. 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. If you're a Maryland uh, resident and a Caps fan or a Wizards fan, would this make it more difficult? Would it sway you away from going to games if the teams, Wizards and Caps, leave D.C. and come into Virginia. For me, Toby, it doesn't make all that big of a difference. I'd still have to Metro there because Lord knows I'm not driving to a stadium to park, just not doing it, especially because the parking in this would be underground parking. That, to me, just sounds like a mess, and I'd, I would avoid that. But I'm a Silver Line Metro rider. I live out there way in Ashburn. I'm very far away from a lot of things. It's still far for me to get to Potomac Yard if I'm riding the Metro. I'd have to Silver Line all the way in to like Roslyn, then jump on the Blue Line. So I'm still making the jump uh, at a station, which that can be a bit of a debacle sometimes. If you don't time it right, then you're sitting around waiting. Like it would still be a bit of a long process for me to get from where I live in Ashburn to Potomac Yards to go to a game. I can't imagine if you're a Maryland uh, resident that lives maybe uh, north maybe a little closer to Baltimore. We know Baltimore doesn't have a hockey or a basketball team, and then making your way down to Alexandria. Well, you also have to think about this. The Potomac Yard metro station that just got built, it's not like where it is currently where when you go underground, like you're not as cold, right? Right. Think about the fact that you're going to a Caps game or a Wizards game in the middle of January, in the middle of winter, and it's cold outside, 
and now you have to go to a metro stop where you've seen how crowded it gets immediately after a game, everybody riding the metro, and you're all crowded around, and it's outdoors. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, my thing is, and I don't know, maybe it's because my whole life, the commanders slash Redskins have been a FedEx, and, you know, I'm used to the Caps and Wizards being in D.C. Because there's more games... It feels like you can have a better pulse within the city if you're a basketball or a hockey team, whereas there are plenty of other football teams that still identify with their region that are nowhere near their city's hub, right? Like, think about the L.A. Rams and Chargers. They're in Inglewood. They're not downtown L.A. Think about the, well, the Patriots. Chargers also don't have any fans. Yeah, I, and I agree. But just think about, you know, the, the Patriots, right? They're in Foxborough. They're not downtown Boston, right? Whereas you think about in Boston sports, the Celtics, they're right there at the Garden, right? So I feel like with the, with the Commanders, I'd love to have them back at RFK, but I, I don't even know if for me if that trumps – Having those teams, the Capitals and the Wizards, being in downtown D.C. Because it, there's just something about that atmosphere that adds of being in the city. Not to say I don't want the, the football team there, but it just feels like basketball and those sorts of things can connect more. Because you're there two nights a week, three nights a week. Whereas it's once a week for you know four or five months for football. Whereas it's a longer time period and more games with the other. So I, I don't know. It just would feel weird if the Wizards and Caps were no longer in D.C. I agree. Um, I know we, you and I were never around when they, you know, played uh, outside of D.C. because there was a time where where those two teams did that. I would love everybody to be in D.C. But I also, Ted Leonsis is going to strong arm his way into getting what he wants, and I believe he wants to leave D.C. He asked D.C. for $600 million in public funds for renovations for Kaplan Arena. And Kaplan Arena is not great. It's a fine stadium. It's not great. It could use a little bit of renovation, so I understand that. But asking for $600 million in renovations, being told no, and then deciding we can leave the city and I will pay my own money to help with a new stadium does to me, it's either a hell of a negotiating tactic or he actually very much wants out of D.C. and wants into Alexandria. Which, again, it's a very it's a very nice spot. For me, my preference, and this this is our poll question, at the Team 980, we'll take your phone calls as well, 301-230-0980, 301-230-0980. Are you okay with the Wizards and Caps leaving D.C. if it means the Commanders get a new stadium in RFK? For me, the answer is yes. I think the football team needs to be in the city. I think this is a football city. I think that should be priority number one. In a perfect world, in my own uh, Denton Day personal utopia, everybody is in the city. Wizards and Caps stay where they are. Nats stay where they are. Commanders come back into our city. You got the Mystics. You got, uh, you got DC United. You got everything in our city. That would be perfect to me. But because we do not live in a utopia, and certainly not my personal utopia, I would prefer the commanders getting to RFK at whatever the cost necessary. That should be the priority because that would invigorate the fan base that I care about the most passionately. I like the Wizards. I like the Capitals. I don't like the Wizards right now. They got destroyed yesterday, which is very ironic that we are having this entire discussion as they get whooped by 45, 45 to the Philadelphia 76ers. But I personally, Toby, I have not been to FedEx Field since 2007. Hold on. That's not entirely true. I was at FedEx Field for three weeks in 2017 
but I was paid to be there because I worked on this station's street team, which at the time was ESPN 980. I worked at this on the street team, so I was doing events there. It was my job to be there. When I was not being paid to be there, I have not been to FedEx Field since 2007, which, if you do some quick math, that's about 16 years. I do not like FedEx Field. I think it's a pain to get to. It was a pain to get to when I was being paid to be there. I can't imagine paying my own money to go there. It's just not a good stadium. I don't love everything that surrounds it. I think if you want to invigorate this fan base and truly, one, rid it of the Dan Snyder feel, but also inject life into it, I think you do it in the city because this is a football city. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. I mean, I think that when you think of D.C., it's football. It's the burgundy and gold. And so, you know, if you want to say that they trump everything, I totally get that. And look, I went to FedEx Field for a game this year. I went to the Buffalo game. What a heck of a game to go to, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's not anything special. But to me, when it comes to a stadium for the Commanders, I just need a new one. I don't necessarily care where it's at. I just need a new one. But I, I feel like it'd just be so weird to be getting ready to go to a Caps or a Wizards game. And, again, it, it, being weird doesn't you know trump everything for – what decisions get made, right? But I just feel like it'd be weird throwing on an OV jersey to go watch a game in Alexandria. <laughs> you know? like It just yeah. doesn't feel right, and it feels like the vibe of the city, I feel like, can add to those sorts of environments. I mean, think of the Navy Yard down here and what it's done, and think of the Navy Yard in 2019. Think of down there in Chinatown in 2018 with those runs. Yes, it can be something like that if the commanders get back to RFK and they were competing in a Super Bowl, sure, but that might be a while. And it might be a while for the Caps or Wizards, too, but it just feels like you need that city environment. I don't know. I, I don't know if I can say, though, that the commanders coming back to RFK should trump keeping the Wizards and the Caps. Although your point being that this is a football, see, uh, football city, number one, is a really good point. Yeah, I can't imagine parting in Old Town Alexandria the way that we did in 2018 and 2019. I love Old Town Alexandria. There's a ton of great restaurants. I mean, we were talking about Old Tommy DeVito in segment number one. Inject Mia's, the Italian spot in Old Town, into my veins. I mean, that is the truth out there. Again, we're taking your phone calls, 301-230-0980. PJ is in Chevy Chase. PJ, what's going on? The environment? Hey, I'm doing great. I'll turn down my radio. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're good. No worries. So what's up, PJ? What you want to weigh in on? Uh, I'm sorry, am I live? Yeah, yeah, you're up. You're up. Oh, thank you. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, you have me on. Uh, great show. Big fan. Um, appreciate it. Yeah, I read this. I read this yesterday, and uh, and it, it kind of blew me away. Um, yeah, I'm a native Washingtonian, um, so I, I was uh, I was basically in high school, college when it started to get when um, Verizon or MCI, I think it was called way back then, or Capital One. It's been so many different names, but that's when it started to get built. And um, Abe Poland self-financed that building. So just you know, shut your eyes and think for a minute what owner in any major sport would be self-financing uh, a major, uh, you know, their own stadium. I mean, he did get you know, $50,000 in tax credits from the district. But other than that, he ponied up and built that. And prior to that, being a native Washingtonian, he revolutionized the, the entire downtown north, northwest and, it, and extending into northeast. Everything east of, of 14th Street. I don't know if you guys know McPherson Square, but at 14th and K, that was literally a live 
like prostitute like park <laughs> and uh you know everything he built that at 7th street everything over to 14th west and everything east got completely transformed there'd be no revitalization of 8th street no revit northeast there'd be no revitalization of u street and right now the only thing holding gallery place together right now post pandemic after all the, the the restaurant closings bar closings is Capital One Arena. Yeah. And if that if that moved and, and was taken out of that neighborhood, I mean, Bowser might as well call an airstrike on downtown D.C. because what's going to be left of it? And I, I understand that, you, you know, it's great for the, for the, for the Redskins, commanders, whatever, to, to come back into the city. That's only nine games a year, or eight, what, nine games a year, whatever it is, a couple preseason games. And also, good luck even getting that, that, uh, that over the finish line because – What's changed over the last 30 years since they've been out is look at the look at the row homes, look at the developments that have happened in and around, uh, you know, that that area of of, of Benning Road and, and into Capitol Hill. They're going to be there's going to be a lot of fighting going on in order and a lot of concessions made by the district in order to even build a stadium there. Same thing goes with Alexandria, so it might even be a pipe pipe dream. But you know, at the same time, I just I just uh, I, I really being a native Washingtonian, I really fear for what would happen to downtown D.C. if God forbid. Um, those two teams moved out of the district. I'll yeah. Hang up and listen. Uh, great show. Yeah, PJ, that's a, that's a great call. It's certainly not lost on me that that area would get very much hampered by those two teams leaving, which is why I would prefer, again, everybody to stay in the district and everybody to stay in D.C. because it would be a it would be a really rough look if that part of our city is then just turned into nothing. I do think somebody would buy it, but it would be tough. It might just turn into nothing, and that would be a that'd be a very bad look. We'll continue to take some of your calls at 301-230-0980. The question we're asking, are you okay with the Wizards and Capitals leaving D.C. if it means the Commanders get the new stadium at RFK? Your answers when we return, 301-230-0980. You're listening to The Kevin Sheehan Show with Denton Day on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. It's been a- After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Kevin Sheehan show. Kevin is out. D-Day filling in on the team in 980. In about 10 minutes, Danny Wexelman, MLB Network Radio, is going to jump on with us, discuss the Shohei Otani contract, as well as Juan Soto becoming the newest member of the New York Yankees. But the question we are asking you on the phones, 301-230-0980, are you okay with the Caps and Wizards leaving D.C. if the Commanders land rfk let's go with uh let's go to cliff in dc cliff what's going on man how are you hey what's going on cliff how do you how do you feel about the uh, the wizards and the uh, the caps leaving i feel bad because it could be a big mistake because before a poland revitalized all that all that downtown used to be ghost town people would be afraid to stand at the bus stops waiting on the bus at night because you you could be mugged at any time and it was so so dim, the streets wasn't um, bright, brightly lit like it is now, and it'd, be, it'd just be a major mistake if they leave. 
And on the other hand, if, um, if it was a way for them to keep them here, plus bring the commanders back to RFK, it would be excellent. And I'll sit back and listen. Yeah, I definitely agree with that uh, That last part. We had a couple of tweets uh, come in saying the same thing. My guy, Mr. Boonsta, said it would be amazing if Josh and Ted could work together for a joint strike, for a joint site, excuse me, if RFK strikes out. Uh, that would be wonderful, where uh, in the city, instead of like the good luck this season Instagram posts between the Caps and the Wizards and the Wizards and the Commanders, you get like billionaires actually working together for the benefit of everyone in the city and like being a team, that would be wonderful. But then that gets into money and who gets the most out of that deal, who doesn't get the most out of that deal. I don't know how many people are aware of this, but Ted Leonsis thinks very highly of his teams as he should. But he also doesn't think people like the uh, football team as much as we actually like the football team. That's another discussion for another time. JR is in Rockville. JR, you're on the Team 980. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? So, uh, for me, I think it, it, it's all about leverage. I think Leonsis and, uh, you know, the Nationals went to the city and said, hey, you know, you guys are trying to attract the commanders back. Uh, we need this. We need that. We're the ones that have over, you know, 100 days of events at, at our place just on our sports team, you know, whether it's the Nationals or the or, or, or the Caps or, or the Wizards. It's more than 100, right? It's a lot, most more than half a year. So it's all leverage play. Virginia has always been the negotiating partner for these sports teams to go to negotiate with them and get the city to come back on board. Uh, also, if it does go, if, if they happen to go to Potomac Yards, it, it, it's not, I don't think it's that huge of a difference for someone from Maryland take the Metro and ride it a few more stops into Potomac Yards. And for someone who coming from Southern Maryland, it's actually closer to come in from Southern PG, go to Alexandria than it is to the city. So I don't think that will be a big obstacle for, for fans if they really want to get to the arena. JR, appreciate the call. It's a good point there on the, the final, uh, the final bit there as it relates to coming from, from Maryland. I, again, I don't want to see the Caps and Wizards leave necessarily, but I am desperate, and I realize my desperation. I'm desperate for the Commanders to get back to RFK. Uh, my guy G-Town5300 tweets at me and says, the last caller uh, really understands the city. That is uh, that is correct. We got a bunch of callers that really understand uh, the city. He says that uh, the Caps and Wizards leaving downtown is much more impactful than the Commanders playing at RFK, I think you're talking more from a long-term perspective. Like, I understand the Commanders only are going to play at most 11 games. You know, you might get eight or nine during the regular season, depending on what year it is, then maybe one or two in the preseason. I mean, we can cross our fingers, say our prayers, and hope they get a couple in the postseason. Maybe they get back to that level that they once are. But I understand it would only be at most 11, potentially 12 games being played at RFK. But, man, those 12 games bring in so much money. Like, if you're really packing the stadium the way that they once did at RFK, those 12 games bring in so much money that could really be used to do good if we got smart financial people uh, helping out around the city. So I do think it would be a huge benefit if the commanders are back at RFK more than for just my personal fandom and wanting to see them in RFK. Paul is in Columbia. Paul, you're on the Team 980. What's going on? Yeah, how's it going, man? Yeah, just uh, my own. My yeah, own, uh, you're up. You're up. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, how disappointed I am, um, you know, in this whole thing with Leonsis because, you know, for all of Abe Poland's shortcomings, you know, Abe built MCI Center, as it was called then, on his dime. And, and right now you have, you know, homeless people living in the shadows of the Capitol, the White House, and Capital One Arena now. And, you know, you have Leonsis holding the city hostage to make repairs to his own building. I mean, I don't ask the, the city or the county to, to repair my home, you know? <laughs> you know, this is, this is, you know, as Martin Luther King Jr. put it, this is socialism for the rich, rugged individualism for the poor. I mean, it's unbelievable that this guy wants to move, all, you know, our, our team, his team, obviously, but, you know, tangentially our team to another, you know, over the bridge into Virginia. I, you know, it's not that it's Virginia. I don't mind that. It's just the fact that the way he's going about it, it's, it's going to cause me to be bitter. And I've been a diehard fan all my life of the Bullets and the Capitals. You know, and I, right now the Capitals are probably my number one team in town. But if he, if he makes this move, I'm going to have to be done with him. Sorry. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Paul, appreciate the call, man. Uh, you made a really good point there. And I kind of alluded to this in the final segment, the last segment we just did. I'm a little uneasy with the fact that Ted Leonsis is asking for $600 million from D.C., but willing to utilize his own money to move. He's attempting to strong arm. And the thing is, it, it's going to work. He's going to get whatever he wants. If he really wants to go to Alexandria, he'll go to Alexandria. And he'll get whatever his brain is envisioning as that being a success. He can make that a success because he has the financial capital to do so. If he stays in D.C., he's going to get, maybe he won't get all $600 million of the dollars that he's asking for, but he's still going to get a lot. He's still going to get in the neighborhood potentially of, you know, $300, $400, maybe $500 million for some of those finances or those renovations from the city. So I agree with Paul. I'm uneasy about the way that he is handling this. I think for a long time, there were people in our city, myself included, that looked at Ted Leonsis as he brought a championship with the the Capitals. He's always done good by the players, or at least he's always attempted to do good by the star players. But this is a different... You are now getting to witness, up close and personal, the ruthless aggression business side of Ted Leonsis and starting to kind of strong arm. And remember, he might also attempt to buy the Nationals. That seems to have simmered down drastically over the past couple of months and now, I guess, over a year's time. But there were some really uh, thick conversations about Ted Leonsis potentially buying the Nationals. Imagine if he buys the Nationals and moves them out of the city as well. It would be horrible, horrible for D.C. We'll come back to this. We'll continue to take your calls at 301-230-0980. You can tweet at me as well at the Denton Day. But coming up next, Shohei Otani just signed a massive contract, and somehow the details of the contract make it even crazier than the actual $700 million figure of the contract. Danny Wexelman, MLB Network Radio, is going to join us next to break all that down. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show with Denton Day filling in for Kevin on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. 
Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.